Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. So much to talk about in this upside down sports world. We have a Stanley Cup final soon to begin between Miami and Las Vegas. Furthermore, the Boston Celtics got got in game seven in Boston by another Miami team. Spaghetti's back from Hawaii. Kevin Hench is taking a break from the picket lines in Hollywood to break it all down for us. Meantime, or not meantime, I wait, let me see. Listen to the rest of this. And then as soon as you're done, jump over either on YouTube, you can watch the whole thing, or you can listen to it. Minus three, it's the two episodes uh, right underneath this episode you're listening to right now. Me and Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated, Eddie Spaghetti, chop up all 32 NFL teams to get you right as you head off into summertime. Really good conversation. Every single team is covered positively and negatively. Go back and listen to all that. And now, with all that being said, let's say hello to him. Like I say, off the picket line, rubbing elbows with Hollywood glitterati. It's Kevin Hench. What's happening, fella? How are you? Oh, man. You know, I'm bummed, man. Are I mean, you? So, I mean, you know, as you... As you tweeted, it's it's mm. the end of an era. You know, right. we knew I mean it had to end. It was coming and it was gonna hurt. And mm-hmm. it and it hurts, you know. And I mean it's funny. I I took my nine-year-old, you know, my girls could give a shit about sports, and I've been doing a lot with the 15-year-old on the music tip, which we'll get into in a little bit. Yes. Uh, but you know, so the nine-year-old, I think it's just been a little bit like you know, why don't we do fun stuff, dad? And then, and then she finally was like, I'd like to go to a baseball game. And I think it was more, I think it was more like, uh, I want to do fun, you know, events. I want to go to an event. And so we went, we went, I took her to the Dodgers game two nights ago. And, you know, when you're still in deep in mourning uh, about your Celtics and then you get to go, go, Hey, there's Mookie Betts. Hey, J.D. Martinez just hit his 12th <laughs> home run of the season to dead central. Hey, there's Dave Roberts. Like, it's like, it's all, it, it's over. And, and here are all the moments when it was great right in front of you. Dave Roberts, 2004, all the way through J.D. and Mookie Betts, 2018. Um, but Gigi had the time of her life. And unlike her big sister, I think we will be doing it again. Oh, that's nice. See, that I know on some level, you know, sort of like Lisa Simpson, when she made the same play, she became she, she found out she was a great gambler and then Homer started to hang out with her a great deal. I know you you would never pressure your daughters to like something you like, um, but good for you. I know that's a, a thing for you. You would love to have that connection for oh, another we generation. Had such, we had such a great time, you know, and good it's, for you. Uh, I, I will say this, you know. The problem with introducing your kids to baseball in the dugout club is mm, yes. uh, it's not this isn't this, she's like, so I can just go grab whatever I want off the dessert table. Sure. Or this guy will bring it to you. Either way, it, it this is her experience of baseball. Six different desserts. It, like, it, just take whatever you want. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and sit 
four feet from Mookie Betts. Yeah, who that, was that guy? I'm trying to think. There, there are examples of that in sports of like a guy is a rookie, like he gets there and he wins the title like two or three years. Must be a pretty big drop off when all of a sudden the stars around you retire and whatever. And you're like, oh, this is what it's like to oh. suffer with mediocrity. Yeah, I hear you. But wait a second. You got the blue seats at Chavez Ravine and you took her instead of Damashek? Now my feelings are hurt. Well, I love her. Yeah. But I'm fun to sit at a ball game with, you know. I I of make course, of I course. make fun Listen, cracks throughout. Look, they're not they're they're not my tickets. They're my lawyers, or as I like oh. to say, I like to say it. I say it this way: Hey, uh, Jordan Peele's lawyer got me tickets to the Dodger game. Mm-hmm. Like, why did Jordan Peele's lawyer get you tickets? He's my lawyer too. It just doesn't sound as good as saying. You know Jordan Peele's lawyer? Yeah, he's my lawyer. Anyway, Jared I Le- sat next to Jessica Alba at Super Bowl 40. And I, so that's one good claim. And Jordan Peele and Key sat directly behind me Ooh. for Malcolm Butler's interception. How about that? Uh, I think they were I, rooting I think- for the Seahawks, right? Are they, for some reason, have uh, Seahawks roots? Well, no. Key's a, a Detroit, Detroit guy. Detroit guy and, right. and Peele's from New York. Um, but, uh, I think I may have told you, I sat with Sama Hayek and Ed Norton courtside for the Lakers winning a championship. What? And, uh, a lot of Edward Norton erroneously explaining basketball to Sama and me just, <laughs> me just wanting to strangle him and go, that's not correct. That's not stop showing off for this hot chick with stuff you know nothing about. We have important discussions to have, including as Hench hinted at, we told you the last time Hench was on that, uh, you know, we're letting our hair down. This is now a music podcast, largely. Um, We're going to give you our choices for best year for albums of our lifetime. Me, Hench, and Spaghetti all give that to you. I'd also like to see, wonder if we have the juice to make all of Hollywood. Everybody's got some downtime on their hands. I would love for every celebrity to take a quiz that we put together to see who knows the most about sports in the Hollywood community. Right? Wouldn't that be fun to know? how? Who knows more? You see DiCaprio at the games all the time. I have a hunch he knows about basketball. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're usually disappointed, right? I mean, that's very few hardcore fans you know john ham knows about the st louis blues and the st louis cardinals and the cardinals yeah i mean you know he he was getting life lessons from hall of famer ted simmons the kid i think it might be he might be his godfather like i mean he's something like that's right he's steeped in cardinals history and obviously he he practically played on the fourth line during their run to the cup he was so enmeshed with the team all right all right right you know what i said the spaghetti just before hench jumped in i said Spaghetti, I'm going to try to pace it up because we always go on and and then I always lament that we've gone on too long. I'm going to try to not have the loose talk at the top. And here we are 10 minutes in. So I'm going to let me lay it out. We're going to do those albums for you. We're going to give you our goat and go to the week. And it should be juicy as Hench, the lifelong Boston sports fan, tells us his feelings about the Boston Celtics. And if he doesn't get to them, I will get to that. But first. I think let's let's cross our T's, dot, dot our I's, pay our bills, all that kind of stuff right at the top. We have only two rounds of big time sports to go between the abyss of baseball and nothing else and looking ahead to football's kickoff. Let's give our best bets for the NBA final starting on Thursday night, the NHL final starting on Saturday night. 
Who wants to go first? Are you set to roll there, Hench, or should I just give it to you nice and easy? I went yeah. over them on extra points with Cousin Sal already. I can give them to you right now. All right, now. well, let me hear what you got, and then I can agree or disagree. I'm going Denver Nuggets sweeping the series plus 450. I don't know how the heat would hang here. It's been insinuated at least, if not um, – acknowledged fully by Jimmy Butler. Obviously he ain't right. And that's the story of anybody playing in a two month tournament with very little downtime. The team that's had some downtime is the Denver nuggets, unless they've each gained about 40 or 60 pounds in the fortnight they've had away from playing basketball. I see no reason why they are not going to make quick work of this fatigued uh, heat team that just does not have a ton of depth scoring behind Jimmy Butler. I think, I watched the Celtics series. I do not believe in the role players continually contributing points if Jimmy Butler is not the consistent 30-point-a-game guy. I think the Nugs are going to whip them. And the only reason that people are saying that that wouldn't happen early on is because of rust. These are professional basketball players. I assume the Nugs are going to rise to the occasion. How say you? Uh I agree. I mean, I'll say it's not as it's not as nice a price. It's only plus two hundred in to say Nuggets in five, but just so that we don't have the exact. That was what Sal went with. Okay, yeah, you know, uh, um, yeah. I mean, the, the Heat have already confused us as to what how basketball uh, occurs. What you know? Hey, we're going to take a bunch of undrafted free agents, and they're going to beat your top three draft picks. Well, this doesn't make any sense. Hey, Giannis is going to come back and we're still going to beat you. What is happening? Like the, the Heat were ranked 30th in the NBA in scoring. Like, what are we watching? I don't understand what we're watching. Don't Here you I'm see? Starting. Why don't you why can't don't you see the irony of this? As a Boston fan, you got Belichick. As I have told you repeatedly, that's the answer. Spolstra is a a, a huge advantage in most coaching matchups. I don't know that he has a huge one against Malone, well, but he did have one against Missoula and then a bunch of ju- uh, a bunch of Edelmans and Amendola's out there surrounding one actual superstar and a physical specimen who can't be contended with, which is Bam Adebayo. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's the in story. none of those seasons were the Patriots ranked 30th in scoring or 27th in differential. Like, the Heat are just objectively not good. Like you can't play an 82 game season and amass these statistics and then go, but we're actually good. It, it doesn't okay. make any sense. It does. So, I mean, I'm agreeing with your nuggets point at some point, the glass slipper and the heat who have an excellent coach, which I'll have more on in a minute um, are, are actually playing a team that also has a grown up head coach that has a, an adult Instead of just an adult driving the van to games, they have an adult coaching them. That's all he was allowed to do, which the Celtics did not have. By the way, I what I mean, it's not just Joe Missoula. It's it's almost every huddle. But in crunch time, when we go into the huddle, into the NBA huddle, I don't want to hear someone say make winning plays. I am with you. Get to loose balls. This is like. Hey, we need to get Duncan Robinson on Jason Tatum. Like, here's the goal of the possession. So whoever Duncan Robinson is guarding, set a screen, say something that I will then see manifest on the court. Don't just go, go, hey, guys, we got to win those 50-50 balls. 
You're you're an NBA coach. This is what you say during a timeout. I I couldn't agree with you more. I I I am, you know, the corner man. You know, I guess there were there there were like Pacheco talking to to Ali or whatever. Um, I'm always stunned. Like you don't have any actual boxing stuff to talk about with them. I was like, hang in there now. Come on now. You're you're coming on like that. That's the extent of keep those. You got to keep those hands up. And you're like, oh, my God, Panama Lewis is going to go. OK. And at the one minute mark, you go southpaw. After go southpaw for a minute, go back to right. Like say something about boxing that I might not know. And it's always just like, hey, man, you got to hit him. He's hitting you. You got to, and it's, there's nothing going on there. And the guy's not listening anyway. It is a lot like an NBA huddle because you see the guys just looking around the arena. Hey, she's cute. I, I'd like to hook up with her. <laughs> and I'm sitting there living and dying with every possession. Would you be so arrogant if you were a coach that you would have like the little mini chairs every time there's a timeout? Like, dad, got to get the chairs and you're, you don't do it. You're assistant. You have, you, you have some, uh, whatever they would call them, uh, a trainer or something, equipment guy who has to come and put out your little folding chair so you can sit down and talk to the gang out on the floor. You already have your space. It's called the sideline, coach. Why are you set up on the hardwood? I I, I find that obnoxious behavior. I don't. I I guess it's like you know these guys again, generational wealth. They're not interested in what you have to say. So the more it looks like you're trying to communicate to them, the more obvious it will be that they've glazed over and not listening. So if you just say, if you just say, Hey man, you got to make winning plays. We got to get those loose balls. It won't. But if you actually try to draw up a play, by the way, by the way, can we just talk about, uh, you know, what would have been a historic play in Boston history if game seven had gone differently, but like game six end of the game, the play, and I put that in quotes, is is to get the ball to Jason Tatum. Naturally, you know, three seconds, get the ball to Tatum, take a couple dribbles and do your best. Nobody sets a screen for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum doesn't, like, there's no play to get the ball to Jason Tatum. He kind of pushes off half-heartedly and then wanders kind of toward the ball. And then when Struess shades toward him, there's... There's no way to get him the ball. So they immediately have to abandon the play and just throw it to Marcus. And then he throws it up. And it's like, don't, shouldn't there be a double screen on the weak side to bring Tatum toward the ball? Like I played basketball. My coach was terrible in high school. We would have had a play to get the person, the ball that we wanted to have the ball, not Joe Missoula. No, sir. Hey, um, JT, just make a little like V cut. Just try to get open. I mean, it's like at the end of a touch football game when guys are like, I don't know, just get open. Well, also, I, I, I'm the other thing. I played basketball my, all through my youth, and as Hench can tell you, I played it very well. Um, I in high school, you know, you have plays you run against different defenses, or you defend how you how you how the coach wants you to defend. This thing in crunch time of designing all new plays. You don't have enough plays to lean on. You have to design something new and you have to do the whole board. You're not going to maybe you deviate with one player. So instead, okay, now he's going to, you know, he's going to go baseline and said, 
You need to just diagram a whole no. new thing. Imagine Maybe that's not a good idea. Imagine in the NFL. They don't like, well, <laughs> they won't see this coming no. in overtime. Yeah. A whole new play I just cooked up. No, you fourth and one, you call timeout, you bring all 11 guys over because you're Xing and owing it. This is what we're going to do. This is the first time you guys ever heard this play. Uh, of course, <laughs> it'd be insane. Hey, did you have this play? I, I don't know if this was a universal thing. But we had this play in high school where on an inbound under the basket, you would stack the four players on the court in a vertical line going kind of up the free throw line. Sure, up, right. Right. And then the guy in the front and the second guy and the guy, the fourth guy would all make wild cuts in one direction or the other. And for some reason, the third guy in the line could step up. It just ends up wide open for a layup. And like, I don't know why where his guy went, but it was like it never failed. And I'm like, this this is a magic play that somehow the jet wash of the other guys moving also takes your guy out of the play. Those uh, bunch formations in the NFL, Chan Gailey, the old offensive coordinator in a bunch of places and the head coach for the Cowboys at one point. I think he was the innovator of that, like, you know, really bunching three receivers. And right, somebody is going to break loose because you can't physically contact those guys or, or, or only so much. I don't know what happened to that, but yes, that uh, you're absolutely right. Yes. You just slide forward. The two guys in front split in either direction. You go towards the ball and you will generally be available for a bounce pass and a layup. Right. And, and, and you know, you do see major distinctions between coaches after timeouts. Like, you know, coaches get reputations as, you know, you know, Spolster calls a timeout and a play, an actual play is then executed that results in a good shot. And again, I have no idea what what Joe Mazzulla's transcript even reads like before that last non-play. Hey, we have three seconds to get a shot. Does Should somebody set a screen for Tatum? Should two people set a screen for Tatum? Should there be a back screen for Tatum? Nothing. Marcus no. Smart off the bounce. That's the yeah. play we want. Turn around, on the turn line. around prayer from, from three. Um, yeah. So uh, the slipper, the glass slipper, it's, it's time to shatter. Um, and, and, and the Nuggets are going to win partly because the Nuggets, unlike the Celtics, the Nuggets do what the Heat do even better than the Heat, which is run their action. You know, the Nuggets are not going to just come down and take a bunch of terrible shots, right? They are methodical. The ball goes through the cheat code. Then he dictates who's going to get this great shot. And because he's a cyborg, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you get, is Bam going to check him one on one? Uh, no. So who's going to run at him? Okay. Michael Porter Jr., open three. KCP, open three. Jamal Murray, open three. So, you know, over the course of those hundreds of possessions, it's it's very hard to um, upset a team that is is not going to play stupid. I mean, the reason the Heat were able to upset the Celtics is the Celtics are, are still, and by the way, I know people talk about the ages of, of Tatum and Brown, but like, they are years and years and years into their NBA career. It's it's crazy that the Celtics are an immature team. You're only making yourself feel better, you the Boston fan or those in the regime, if you are telling yourself now, like, hey, we're still, you know, hey, another step on the ladder. Like, no, no. At some point, do not 
follow your arch rivals lead and become some variation on the process. I, I'm with you. I the, It ain't right there. And as close as they are, but I can imagine too, if you're Brad Stevens saying like, you know, we're Jason Tate, like you can talk yourself into if Jason Tatum get, doesn't get hurt, we win that say now we're in the final. So why would we try to fix what ain't broke? But I, I, I thought Jalen Brown more than anything. Maybe Missoula is the is the guy who deserves more of the target here. But to me, I thought Jalen Brown kind of got exposed. Okay, the number one can't do it. Good thing we got you, Jalen. And he kind of pooped the bed. Speaking of that, Eddie Spaghetti was in Hawaii and his fiance tweeted out to the world while they were over there in Hawaii that she finally seed dumped. And I was like, what does that mean, seed dumped? And then I put two and two together. I don't want to get scatological, pooped in the ocean water in my beloved magical medicinal Pacific. I was outraged. Um, and then Spaghetti just told me, no, no, that was a joke. He went into her Twitter account and tweeted it from her account. How did that go over, Spaghetti? Well, I was watching the Celtics uh, take a dump in the fourth quarter. We were at the, ah. the Kona Brewery or rather pub um, in uh, the eastern part of Oahu. And we were watching that and we we're watching the the Knights absolutely demolish the stars. And uh, she went to the restroom. I went on her Facebook, not her Twitter or Instagram. I think she's like verified as like her news accounts. I don't want to screw with that. So I went on her Facebook just with her friends from Staten Island and stuff. And uh, I, did, I did it there. And I think I think she had a feeling that I did it. Uh, because she left her phone out and she got like a notification, but I made sure to screenshot it. And then I tweeted it out because I want credit for uh, a funny little trick I played. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's an old thing I do with her. Whenever I get a hand over her phone, I like to tweet out something <laughs> absolutely bizarre because people don't expect it from her. I like that. Chuck's like, Hey, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to get scatological, but uh, Spaghetti's fiance took a in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to get scatological. To. I'm but, a reporter. Yeah, I don't do you know want? how much more scatological it gets. Um, <laughs> I wasn't happy to report it, but I felt obliged to do so to our audience. It, Spaghetti. Took a seed dump during the seas taking a dump. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, Spaghetti, right, start us off because who knows? I, I mean, I, I'm sorry if this disappoints people. I am. Uh, I love hockey. Spaghetti loves it objectively. He is more likely to watch a December, um, you know, Coyotes Sharks game than I am. Sure. I, I I transferred at some point in my youth into focusing on one team, and I kind of like the whole sport kind of runs through that for me on some level. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Vegas and Miami ain't juicy to me. An eight seed, all that. I'm inclined to take the Knights. You could easily talk me into the Panthers. Tell us what the best bet is here, Spaghetti. Unless, hence, you have some actual. Well, insight. my my own. The only reason I I'm taking the Knights is, you know, I obviously some I, I developed a lot of antipathy for the Panthers during during that first round loss sure. that I haven't recovered from, nor will I ever recover. Hand pass. Um, so. You think, well, I don't, I don't, the worst thing that could happen would be like these Panthers who got so lucky with the puck off the stick of McAvoy in game seven to force overtime that them winning the cup, them, them lifting the cup that, that rightfully should be, to be going on a duck boat tour. Um, no. Wait, they, so if they survive the eight seed, then, then no clear problem. sail in the rest no of the problem way. With oh, okay. the Leafs. Uh, anyway, but, but no. If you're looking at it through the prism of this is this is the 
the Boston silent spring, this everything will be the worst possible result. It'll be Bruce Cassidy cruising around with the cup is obviously got his, there's no other way this could end for Boston so end, except like, Hey, we ran that guy out on a rail. Uh, he can coach. I always liked him by the way. I was like, I was not somebody who was like, we got rid of Cassidy, but so it'll be perfect. Uh, Bruce Cassidy will, will, will hoist the cup, but I, I would like Miami to go over two in these finals that that would be, be uh, comforting. Okay, give us a, so okay, so that's your bet. I'm the series bet for me is the Knights. They're ultimately better. Uh, you know, seven weeks of playoff action here in 2023 say that pedigree doesn't really matter. Although I get the argument that the Florida Panthers underachieve for the majority of the regular season. Either way, I'm going to take the Knights. Things have to make sense in this world, and this makes no sense that both Miami teams as eight seeds have a shot at the title. I'm rooting for justice to prevail here for, for rational, uh, you know, uh, analysis to, to, to actually make some sense here. I'm taking the Knights spaghetti. I think, you know, on EP before I said, I'm probably leaning towards the Knights, but like, because I think this is such a coin flip, um, even though they are the eight seed and the Knights obviously had a hundred and plus point season, great season by them. Like getting plus money, getting the Panthers plus one hundred five, or getting the Panthers like on the money line plus money uh, in the in the game one. I, I'm not going to be against you if you take that. I think there's definitely a path where you know Bob Rovsky, another great storyline in this thing, a two time Vezina winner, kind of regaining his form. If he has a chance of actually winning the con Smythe, even if they lose this series, if this series goes seven and they lose, I wouldn't be shocked if if Bob Rovsky's in the mix to win the con Smythe. And I, uh, you know, obviously like Kachuk's a storyline, but there's just so many guys in that team that could score. And uh, not that Vegas wasn't tested versus the stars, but I feel like the stars were they were pretty sloppy and they, they, they were blown out in a few games and their best players weren't playing their best. And I, I don't think they're going to get that from the Panthers. I think the Panthers will be ready to play. Paul Maurice has them playing really good hockey. That being said though, like, you know, the, the, this, this night team is super loaded and they have a ton of experience. Um, a lot of guys who have cup experience, which is big, not just veteran presence, but cup experience. And uh, I, so I'm, I guess right now I'm leaning Knights. I'm rooting for the Panthers. And I definitely think this series goes seven games. Uh, I think it's going to be a great series. And I, like I said before, an EP about the storylines, there's just so many, the, the Bruce Cassidy thing and the, you know, obviously getting fired from the Bruins and what the Panthers did to the Bruins. And then you go and look at what, you know, bringing in Paul Maurice, who no one wanted him. Kachuk trade from Calgary this year, and then Eichel, uh, which will, he'll be my my goat. I'll, I'll get into that later uh, later on. But his, you know, going from Buffalo to his journey to here now, um, never losing a playoff series, it's it's great. And uh, you know, bringing in Jonathan Quick, and they're bringing in guys like Petrangelo won a cup, and Martinez, like I said, won a cup. Um, a lot of just great things to watch here. So I I'm gonna go Knights. I think you want to make money betting. I think you're fine taking the Panthers because it really is a coin flip. But All right. Don't, you think, don't you think given how many like, you know, I know we all know that if you flip a coin five times in a row and it comes up a heads, that it's still a 50 50 flip on the sixth flip, even though we're like, well, it's got we got to start getting some tails here. Now, since these games have I mean, an overtime hockey game is a coin flip like mm-hmm. It was tied. Now you're going to get a bunch of chances and then you're going to get a bunch of chances and someone's going to get the puck is going to go in off of someone's skate. Given that the Panthers entire playoff run, you know, has been this series of sort of 
waiting for Kachuk to, to have the coin land on its edge, like to come up with this play, like those things have to even out. Like there's just no way you can win all the overtime games. Like, and, and so I, I feel like the, in addition to being slightly deeper and slightly better, I also feel like that, that, that glass ice skate, mm-hmm. Also, it's time to come due. Like, yeah. you can't win every coin flip. It, for- I, I know I keep saying it. I don't want to be a broken record about it, but I'll say it. Yeah, it's bad for the sport if the eight seed wins it. it yeah, it's. I, I know that sometimes it happens in every sport. With it's the happening in the NBA right now, too. Or, I know it's not good. I, I, it, it, it happens in hockey quite. It happens in hockey quite a bit, and I don't know. And also, I guess to admit, to that point, and to amend what I was saying about the coin flip, if Bobrovsky was not playing the way he's playing right now, this it wouldn't be a coin flip because Hench is right, and it's like the Vegas is def, Vegas is definitely the better team. Um, if he because he's playing so well, they have this goalie advantage. I mean, uh, Vegas has rotated through what like four goalies this season. Um, you know, obviously they had their fair issues to the Panthers early on. They supposed to have Spencer Knight, who was their you know could, could have been a, a Calder uh, you know candidate, but Bob is the reason why I think it's a coin flip because even if Vegas is better, he's been that good. He's been very good, but obviously it varies more generally speaking from postseason to postseason, not as much series to series. But I it's so ironic that the only reason he's playing is that the Bruins lit up the Panthers starting goalie. Like it's so crazy. I'm so glad. You know what? It's one of those things. It's one of those inflection points. Thank goodness that the Panthers uh, took care of the Leafs because now the Pittsburgh Penguins get Kyle Dubas, that whole thing with Shanny and uh, Dubas falls apart up there in Toronto. Now he's Pittsburgh's. And uh, according to all the insiders, this couldn't be any better for Pittsburgh. So I'm happy with that. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesars Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's get to our goat and goats of the week. Hench, do you want to start? Yeah, let me start. I'll just just get real quick. Good. Um, good. uh, So, you know, I think I said, I think I mentioned it. I don't know if I was, you know, I never know if I just texted it to you guys or mentioned it, but like number five all time NBA playoff coaching wins, all time NBA playoff coaching wins, Eric Spolstra. I was singing songs about this same guy. So crazy when you look at the names on the list and you're like, number five, Eric Spolstra. So, of course, Tatum, you know, we we were trying to come up with with comps for the best player on a team getting hurt on the first play of a game in a pivotal, you know, deciding playoff game. It, It, you know, I thought your Kevin Stevens example, very, very similar stomach punch. Not just the the injury, but the other guys going, you know, uh oh, and and as you mentioned, the Celtic supporting players, you know, deer in the headlights. Like our big dog is not right. That said, but everyone's not as indictable as Jalen Brown, obviously. Right. And, right? and I'll get to him in a second. But oh, all right. for for the good goat, what happened to the Heat in Game Six after Games Four and Five? So. What you have 48 hours to somehow not lose by 30. Like you, the it what you're you can't believe the series is still going on. You you pulled off a historic comeback in the last four minutes of game six to take the lead, and then lost on a pretty crazily fluky. I mean, the, the ball came off the rim where it had to for Derek White to make the putback. And 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 so there's there's you know there were two ways to look at it. It's like okay, um, the Celtics sure can't stand prosperity. Like the Celtics with a ten point lead with four minutes left, talk about coin flips. It's fifty fifty if they're going to win when they're up ten with four minutes left. But the Heat, it's you know, and, and Shaq said this after the game. Like I just don't know if it's if it's possible to psychologically recover from the the hundred hours that the he had leading up to game seven and Spolstra got right to the, right to the podium. And he's like, we're going to figure it out. We're, you know, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to figure it out. And so again, you know, Spolstra is actually coaching in the 48 hours leading up to game seven. And so Tatum's injury, notwithstanding Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, all those guys 
played well. They all played well. They all, none of them had the deer in the headlights that the Celtics had. And I really feel like that's coaching. You have instilled these guys with confidence that if they, if they do their thing, they're going to win. And so I just think, I mean, you know, Joe Missoula, it's, it's almost unfair to him what he was thrown into, but the, the difference in talent on the rosters, not as big a gap as the difference in talent between the coaches and coaching ended up making that big a difference when it really shouldn't, not at that level, not at the NBA level. And so Spolstra is my good goat. I, I cannot believe how much he is wrung out of that undrafted free agent roster. It's we really- need to celebrate this because I think that this is exactly right. Now, the titles, he has what? F- he has three in total? Well, two, right? Just two? Two, two titles. Wait a second. Wait a second. LeBron, Wade, and Bosch only won two together? They didn't get three? Oh, my God. That's even worse than I thought. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't have that. He doesn't have all the titles that. And he lost in the bubble and he'll lose this year. But I mean, obviously. More with less is that. But, but, but losing in the finals with this roster is much more impressive than winning a title with LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. This is way great. Agree. He doesn't get enough credit for those because it was LeBron and D Wade and Bosch. So he doesn't get full shine for that. And Pat Riley looms over all of it. So I feel like Spolster is weirdly, I I think people know he's a good coach and everything, but I I, I, I'm with you on celebrating and acknowledging here. So he's my good goat. And then, you know, you mentioned it. I, I don't understand how you could make it to the NBA as a guard and not be able to dribble a basketball. Crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Jalen Brown starts losing the ball immediately. Every time he dribbles, he's losing the ball. Like even when he scores, he's on the verge of losing the ball the entire time. I mean, you know, I mean, we all struggle with our opposite hand a little, right? I mean, none of us are as you know, there are very few Chris Pauls in the world where you can't really tell what someone's strong hand is. But Jalen Brown, like, it's like he has ping pong paddles for hands. Like, the <laughs> ball is so loose. So um, eight turnovers. And the other thing he has, he really lacks respect for his opponent because you would know this guy's going to rip you. If you dribble into this this area, this contested area with your lousy handle, you're probably going to lose the ball. And he just did it over and over and over again. Um, so Jalen finished 131st in the league in three point percentage and top 20 in turnovers per game. And it's like he's not a very good basketball player. Like that's I I, I think his usage numbers give him some pretty gaudy overall statistics. But the reason Caleb Martin destroyed Jalen Brown in that series is Caleb Martin's a much better shooter than Jalen Brown. And maybe Caleb Martin would turn it over as much as Jalen does if he dribbled into double teams, but he just doesn't. If he's not, if, if, if he's covered, he kicks the ball back out and they run the play again. Jalen gets on his wobbly bicycle and just starts. It's like a circus act. Like, are you juggling? What are you doing? So 
Obviously, game seven. <laughs> now that would be awesome if he could juggle in the middle you know, of the play, though. I, you know, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be in the front <laughs> row <laughs> <if> they were <laughs> chainsaws because <laughs> he loses them all the time. But so his so his game seven, you know, eight for twenty-three, one for nine from three with eight turnovers, just a you know, it's it it it's you know, John Stark's two for eighteen is always gonna probably be a well. I think Carl Malone had a two for 20, but the eight turnovers that really adds that's, you know, we'll take a, we'll take a couple of moments to see how historically in a pivotal game, just one of the worst all time performances while Tatum is putting together, I think like a heroic 14, 11 and four on one leg at 42 minutes. Like he can't move on defense. He can't drive and he's trying. And meanwhile, his perfectly healthy running mate, is just giving the other team the ball over and over and over again. So, so Jalen, um, bad goat, uh, a great guy by all accounts, good human being, but just not a very good basketball player. And the other play, which at this point it was probably decided already, but if you remember this play, but Duncan Robinson blocks Jalen Brown's three pointer. He blocks it. I like, that like, you had to, I like you had to almost whisper that because it's like, too embarrassing to say out it's loud. It's so embarrassing. You're like, Duncan Robinson is the guy you have to hide in a zone or the guy a team hunts to score on, but you're so checked out, Jalen, and so kind of indifferent to what would improve your team's chances of scoring that you're literally, sh- you're taking a shot that is such a bad shot. Not only is it contested, but this crazily less athletic guy <laughs> is going to block it. I mean, I, this is it's bad. This is, I mean, you know, I had a lot of bad things happen out on that blue top, but Dratch never blocked my shot. <laughs> that way you don't come back from that. You right. don't come back from that. So Jalen Brown, bad goat, really historically, horrendous. I mean, and I, you know, I know it's like, well, what do you do? Do you break up the band? And it's like, look, I try to get 90 cents on the dollar. Cause I don't think, I think people might be figuring out that guy's not very good. Well, what is the answer? I mean, Austin, it's not a juicy free agent class and you gotta, you got a max deal Jalen Brown at some point or, well, or- I, I think the answer is found in the way the game is evolving, which means you can have four undrafted free agents in your rotation. You can have Austin Reeves in your starting lineup because it's a it's about the way these pieces click together. And Tatum and Brown, like the thing about, I mean, obviously they're they're unique, but the thing about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is their games are complementary, right? Clay right. Thompson doesn't dribble the ball for 20 seconds on a possession. Tatum and Jalen just do variations of the same thing. Give me the ball 28 feet from the basket and then just kind of hang out, spot up, do your, you know, whatever. But that was a, the, the big thing. Uh, you know, you watched uh, inside the NBA and the ESPN guys, and they would always say, like, they're just settling for jump shots. And my pushback in my brain was always like, yeah, because every team has figured out clog the lane because they will recklessly get into the paint and sling up a a hero shot, and that's not as good an option of them trying to knock down a three pointer at least because Jalen Brown feels out of control almost all the time, and Jason Tatum gets into those runs where it feels like 
he's that he's not dependable going to the rim either. So that's no, what I was, was thinking. Play, the whole there was a play in game six um, where Jalen had two fouls midway through the second quarter. And he goes on a straight line drive. He has 45 feet to reconsider trampling this defender who's been set for half an hour. And he just runs over him for his third foul. And you're like, oh, I don't think this guy perceives the game the way a good player is supposed to. I don't I don't know if he knows how many fouls he has. I don't know if he I don't know if he's he seems to be like a horse with blinders. Like, did you not see this guy's been waiting for you to come charge into him for three minutes? Like you don't see the game like he's a very weird uh, player that. Uh, that it just would not distress me at all to see in a Minnesota Timberwolves uniform. Hmm. All right. I'll go with my goat and goats. And the first thing I feel like I, I, I need an answer from you on this. Cause I feel like in your text messages that you mentioned before you text me in spaghetti yesterday, what other instances, big moment, big game in game injury, Jason Tatum's happens. doesn't just happen during the big game. It happens in the first minute of the big game. And I thought Celtics fans would deal with this. They would rationalize it as we would have won that game. If Tatum doesn't get hurt. I, I need to know the answer. Is that your position? Um, You know, I, I do think, I do think everybody else plays better. If, if, if Jason Tatum, I mean, Jason Tatum, our best, our most effective play was, Tatum passing the ball, like Tatum, Tatum creating switches, Tatum creating double teams, and then Tatum swinging the ball. Once that was eliminated, all the lesser players are taking more, their shots are more contested. So um, obviously it's a completely different game. That said, you know, the Heat played really well. You know, now some of that is also that there's a one-legged guy on defense for the Celtics, but, you know, they the the heat did did not look like they were squeezing the ball too tight on three pointers and the celtics looked like i mean derek white our savior man his shots started getting further from the the basket like he was you know in and out back rim crotch backboard like they got tight and so um you know had it been a two point game with three minutes left, which it might've been had Tatum been healthy. I'm not sure they win. I don't, I just don't think they're as psychologically strong as an Eric Spolstra coach team led by Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Er, early in the third, when Caleb Martin hit, I think his second three, there was the one without any hesitation at the top of the key and he pulled the trigger on it and he knocked it down and it felt like the C's are about to make a little run here. And he knocked that one down. I thought like, it just, it did. Heat are going to win this game because like you talk about the confidence to step up, no pausing. Like, shouldn't I, should I give this ball to Jimmy Butler here? Should I, should I get it down in the post? No, he just pulled the trigger and, and uh, nothing but net. Um, I, well, good. I appreciate that. Cause I thought your text message was to try and create for yourself. And my, I, I, I hesitate to say this cause it sounds like I'm making fun of Boston fans or trying to put pour salt in the wound. Here's the thing. When your team loses because of an injury, the only people who care 
are your fellow fans of that team. History does not remember. Whether you think it's fair or not, that's the way it goes. I have done this many times in my life. If Allen Henderson didn't get hurt, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers would have won the 1993 NCAA title. Nobody talks about it at all. I can assure you. Nobody ever bats an eye. I, Duke, Jamal Mashburn, uh, Montrose, and UN. Nobody ever brings up the Hoosiers, even though they were the number one team for the vast majority of that season. Nobody cares about these injuries. That said, you said, can you come up with any other examples, guys? I'm driving in my car. I knocked out like six or eight for amazing. you. And so I'm the good goat of the week. It was that amazing. list I dashed off. I did that off the top of my head. Rich oh. Gannon against the Ravens in the AFC title game. That was a good one. You know what the other one I didn't tell you that you that you didn't mention? Roger Clemens, game six, 1986. Right? That's an injury in the middle of the game. If they leave him in the game, then the Red Sox win the World Series. A blister? I mean... Yeah, well, that's an injury in the middle okay. of the game. I, 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 you know, all right. I don't. Kevin I don't. Stevens in '93 face plants. He that building was electric. I was in that joint when David Volick ended it, uh, and and broke my heart, um, and everybody's heart that night. But the building was electric for the first time that springtime. The Pens, we we got spoiled. We won two cups. You understand? So we made quick work of the Devils, and the Islanders extended it improbably. Finally, you got our attention and we showed up and the building had a buzz to it. And Lemieux just missed early on. And then Kevin Stevens face planted and the air went out of the joint for two periods. It really was a morgue in there because you knew that that guy wasn't just hurt. You knew he was effed up and you kept like, oh, we, well, if we win this and we're like, ah, but Kevin Stevens, man, is he is he all right? He's still living. Is that like it? Did, did they get him to the ER in time? We had that kind of vibe to it. But yes, I dashed off that list for you. And that brings me to my. Uh, well, I appreciate. Uh, I really, there was a very impressive, very quick response. And I, what I love about like stuff like that is like, there's obviously no Googling. It's a crazy random list from different sports. So that was impressive. Brock but Purdy last year. Brock Purdy was a big one. Um, Levy and Bell in 2016, whether or not that was an actual injury or he decided <laughs> it was an injury <laughs> one way or the other. He left. He wanted, wanted to go get high with Kevin Stevens. Um, so <laughs> um, the but the thing about both that the Penguins loss in 93 and the Celtics loss la, uh, last week, um, this week, the. You know, if you don't show up for games one, two and three. Now you've exposed yourself to the possibility. Hey, what if uh, what if Tatum rolls his ankle? Like now, if you lose this game, you Tatum. Everyone was healthy for games one, two, and three. It was losing those games that made this loss right. possible. So hey, go ahead and feel free to take care of business when you finish thirteen games ahead of a team in the standings and have home court for a reason. Maybe don't lose the first two games at home when you're totally healthy. What you know? The one I didn't mention. Oh no, I did mention was Crosby last year. I don't remember who they were playing, but they but they had a three-one series lead there, and it didn't didn't hold on because Crosby got concussed or thought concussed in Game Five. And the thing that made me feel better about that is that I and I, I sometimes I'll get down in the dumps. Man, we should have won that series. And then I remember. Oh yeah, Tristan Jari wouldn't have been able to play. Like he came back, he heroed it through with the with the broken foot for a game, but it swelled up and he wouldn't have been able to play for the next two weeks. So they probably would have lost anyway. But that was another one I left off uh, that one. They had the game in hand, the series therefore in hand. Um, and you know what? 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to go out of order here. I'll come back to my good goat. My bad goat of the week is, uh, this is unfortunate. Um, hits close to home, but it's Kevin Hedge. What did I do? All I did oh, was suffer. Little birdie. Okay, it's it was Sal. <laughs> yeah, how many me, times are you going to do this? Obviously, many <laughs> as many times as I have to until I, until until I'm you get some sense in your it. brain. I'm always going to do it. I'm never not going to do it. So you bet heavily on the Miami Heat in Game Seven. Of course. Of what's course. wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What, what's the what's the answer? Does money have you reached a station that money has no meaning to you? Is that what the answer is here? If because you, there if, is no logic to you trying to convince yourself or anyone else that this makes it okay because you win either way. Aren't, I mean, you obviously it's not okay. Yeah. I would much Stick rather I would much rather lose the money. Would you? Of course, if so you, then the money. If, so that means that the money doesn't mean that much to you, right? So it doesn't. It doesn't heal the pain obviously but if you're if you're going to be just end your memorial day you know you you start your memorial day thinking of your grandfather who gave the full measure of sacrifice in world war ii and then you end your memorial day you know watching your your team sink into the into davy jones's locker mm -hmm. what's so bad about having a plus 255 payout on a big, you because know, what are you rooting for? What, what's, what's, what's your interest? Don't you, I, I, root, I have never, I, I've actually thought about this. What would the number have to be for me to root against my team? You know, and I've never bet that much, you know, nor would I want to. So I always bet enough where I can go. Well, that was terrible. And by the way, when Jason Tatum rolls his ankle 25 seconds into the game, I'm like, well, thank God I've got some. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what you said. That's what, exactly what you said. You said, thank goodness. The Celtics' best option to win this series and move on towards another title just rolled his ankle. Oh, good. I'm going to make some money off of that. What a decision. Not oh, good. Mercenary. I, it's like you can't separate your 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 head and your heart. No, no, I cannot. I mean, I, not with this, not with sports. Eddie Spaghetti, tell him he's wrong, please. I I have this weird like superstition thing too, where if I like if I bet against my team, I feel like it almost helps them win because I'm losing money. That's more it's like rationalized. Like I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm paying the sports yes. gods. Yeah. So you I buy kind the of win. you buy I, the win. It's a very I, uh, basic. It's a very basic emotional hedge. Yeah. That Sheck doesn't understand. Yeah. I, oh, I understand it. I understand that you're rationalizing to make it okay to do it. Don't make it right, though. Okay, listen, that's enough. If, if, if that's if that's the life like, you want to lead, that's your way, business. I mean, should I should I get on the horn with our boss and say like, uh, Sal, there there's like patient client privilege. Like, I I don't know that you, you should be telling my friends uh, how much I'm betting against my teams. Here's that's the weirdo like, I am. I was laying in bed last night. I, you know, I had done shorts. Don't worry. Um, what didn't get weird or anything, but I was thinking about football and I was thinking about, uh, division, division odds and who was going to win each division and everything. And I was thinking a thought experiment. If somebody could tell me right now, if somebody could show me and for like, I, I could spend 15 minutes with, and I could write it all down, but I couldn't share with anybody. And I could see every team's finishing record in the regular season. Would I take that? 
And I decided not from a gambling perspective, from the get from the wagering side, I said, give me seven out of eight. I want seven out of eight divisions. I'll see top to bottom. Leave the AFC North clean so I can so I can experience it fresh. That's where I am. You think that's naive? You think that's lame? You think that's Pollyanna? I don't care what you think. I think it's the disgrace what you're doing, trying to make money off of your team's failures. Jalen Brown made money off his failure. I mean, he's hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know. I should get something out of the deal. Um, Hey, real quick. I've been wondering. And again, like, I don't even know. I mean, I think we got a, we got a big crisis to talk about in major league baseball. Like is major league baseball going to go bankrupt? Like what, what happens when nobody watches your sport? What happens when nobody consumes your product? You know, I don't know, but I, I was wondering if there's a metric where they can, they, you know, somebody in the home office probably knows Celtics Lakers would have done this number. Heat Nuggets. Ross Tucker said, Ross Tucker said that if you did a consolation matchup of Celts Lakers, it would outrate the actual NBA finals. And it's a pretty good point. <laughs> so, so, so everybody, everybody loses. Well, I mean, obviously you could say the same thing. If you put the Leafs or the Bruins or the Rags or anybody, you know, besides Florida in there, it would would rate better there too. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Speaking of watching things, this leads neatly into me zigging back to the good goat and my goat, uh, my good goat along with Dave Damashek this week is succession. Now I feel like I have to address this because cousin Sal and I got into it on the earlier episode this week of extra points. And he said he didn't like it that much because he thought it was phony sport. You, you've seen it, right? Hench? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he comes at it from a sports fans and a gambler side uh, a, a gambler's perspective that we assume, and you know, we're, we're why if you watch HBO, if you, you know, the last 20 years, you, you have these TV series, the real ones where somebody wins, like, uh, you know, he loves survivor more than, more than we do. Even somebody wins that show and game of Thrones, somebody won the throne and lost who's going to serve all that kind of stuff. And so I think we're informed by that. And then on top of it, we're sports fans, you're betting on it and all the rest of it. And so you assume that the that the entire show is set up for who's going to take over, who's going to succeed the old man when he dies. And I think it's correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're a smart fella, Hench. My read on it is, is that it's supposed to play kind of like Jay Gatsby in the information age, which is to say the only thing that goes on is the business. The machine rolls on. The individuals may come and go. Who's left there to run the thing? Tom. Tom's an empty suit. So what? The machine's going to keep on cranking. Now it's gone European. You bring in Elon Musk, nay, whatever the guy's name is, the Swedish guy um, who takes things Lucas over. Lucas Madsen. Right. Madsen. 
And, you know, Sal was like, ah, that was, that was dumb. And Shiv won. I'm like, did she win? She had a Pyrrhic victory. Okay, fine. But she didn't win anything. No, but the point is they all lost. They're, they are like Jay Gatsby, all the money in the world and still deep down sad. Right. Isn't that, is that's how well, I, that, but I mean, I mean, I loved it. And I, I thought that them all losing, which I agree, they all lose though. That's the montage. She's in a loveless marriage with a bun in the oven. The uh, graduate, right. It's Roman, a graduate the back go, of the bus uh, scene, right. Drink himself to death in a bar and, you know, and Kendall's contemplating going over the railing in battery park, which to me is the happiest ending of all. Cause I hate them so much. That's the point. You're not supposed to be rooting for any of them. So to me, it's a fairy tale ending because James and Lachlan Murdoch won't lose that Jesse Armstrong actually gave us something. The, the civilians, Tom and Willa, Willa gets the apartment and Connor's going to be in Slovenia. She's going to be doing her play. And like, she, you know, She's the call girl who did it right. And and Tom, you know, is it's funny you mentioned Gatsby, right? Because he's from Minnesota. I mean, he's he's Nick Carraway hmm. and he's he's the big winner. He's going to run the empire and the the do nothing fail sons who could all they could do is hold on to Waystar because they nobody else wants them. It's like, you know, it's like these all these Republicans announcing that they're going to run for president. And you're like, you know, why is Tim Scott running for president? Why is Mike Pence running for president? They're not qualified to do anything else. They have to run for president. Who's going to get Tim Scott to run their company? What could they be CEO of? Like all Kendall Roy can do is be his father's son. His only qualification is I'm my father's son. So when people go, Hey, you got billions of dollars. You could go create something else. Shiv's right. It'll fail. You're an idiot. You're you're this is your it's a lot like these NBA huddles. Hey, guys, we got to make winning plays. We got to win. We got to die for we got to win these 50 50 balls. All Kendall ever said was, hey, man, this has got to be a hit factory. We got to get this rocket ship to we got to get to the moon. We got to. What are you saying? Like the none of this is actionable. He sounds like Joe Missoula now that I think about it. He could step in neatly to that Celtics huddle and deliver a bunch of platitudes. We got to be successful. We got to like, you know, Roman, you know, gets, you know, takes the battlefield promotion and he fires Jerry. Like they start firing people. The studio head gets fired. They fire people with actual qualifications because, you know, like, like Eric and Trump Jr., they don't have any qualifications. They can't do anything. They're, they're- it definitely was intended to play as a dig, not just at the Murdochs, but yes, exactly at uh, at the Trump family and everything else. It definitely had that vibe. But yeah, now I'm thinking about Logan Roy dies just like Jay Gatsby. Caraway is the only one who cares that Gatsby is dead and everything just keeps on trucking along and Daisy goes back to her old life and that's it. And they're, and they're not happy per se, but they're version of happiness is maintaining power and all of that. And the, the, the money it's, it is the irony of that was South place. Like, well, they're all billionaires anyway. Yeah. But they're not happy. And when we met them, they weren't happy and they have throughout the series remained unhappy. So that, that is the point of the series. Not that some, we, you were duped into thinking somebody is going to win this. The thing that rolls on is the machine, not the individuals playing around it. And, and, and poignant, to have the Statue of Liberty there 
and Ellis Island in the gloaming as the sun sets in light of the brother telling the story of of Logan coming right. coming to America with nothing and making something as awful as it was. And then you as the person who made nothing, who received everything, born with the silver spoon in your mouth, looking out at the promise of Lady Liberty and knowing you you can't do anything. There's nothing you can never achieve something greater than, you know, it's funny, like it, it, it I I hate I mean, I feel bad for this kid, for Bronnie James, who who seems determined to go into the family business only the only way you could ever be upwardly mobile is to be the greatest basketball player of all time. That's the only way you can improve on what your dad did. It's heartbreaking. And, and so, you know, Kendall is coming to grips in that great final moment with the fact that yes, he's rich, but like who's going to return his calls, who wants him at their party, who wants, no one is going to take him seriously without the Waystar juice, he's he's just an empty suit. And so I loved it. I, I'm surprised Sal uh, uh, didn't didn't like that uh, sad ending because it's sad for the right people. Yeah, I thought much more touching was Noho, uh, what's his name, putting his hand in the statue of his boyfriend, the the putting Crystal the ball. hand, Cristobal, and, and, and uh, Shiv putting her hand into Tom was not, people misread that like affectionate i saw people saying like what a terrible moment for women she had it all and now she's she's just gonna play she did what she had to do to to get a, it was a, as as the script said she doesn't like to fail a test so she passes the test of marriage and motherhood and beating her brothers, which is what Logan wanted them all to do to each other. Witness him telling them all, you're the one when I get, when I die. That was, they had that test put in front of them and Shiv passed the test. Spaghetti, you didn't but, like it either. One other, one other real Go. quick thing that, that, you know, about Shiv's decision is, you know, it's so clear that Kendall's not going to do a good job. So if you help him be in charge of most of your personal wealth, your wealth is going to start diminishing tomorrow as he fails and flails. So it much better for Shiv, both in the moment to take the $192 a share or wherever, wherever they landed with the overpaying for Waystar and your your baby's father is going to be very well compensated as the American CEO of the company. Like it's a financial win win for her, definitely, as opposed to watching her brother set her billion dollars on fire with his terrible decisions. By the way, you know, when Kendall has that moment, I think it may be the penultimate or next to penultimate, pen penultimate, like where he's like, I'm going to get a I'm going to get a family lawyer to get custody of these kids, the kids you've never seen in the whole series, you're fired up to be a dad. Like, like he's such a vengeful, empty, uh, a suit of a, of a piece of that like this, you know, his, his sadness was commensurate with my glee at seeing him miserable. I'm like, good. 
Good, good. You're unhappy. You're unhappy. And you're in a terrible marriage. Uh, perfect ending. It's it's right. It's when you can take what the assumption of the audience like that, you can really stun people. I, I the one that it's a weird movie that I, I feel like a lot of people. I bet you Eddie Spaghetti has never seen this movie to live and die in L.A. Do you remember that very 80s with the you remember that uh, Wang Chung does the whole soundtrack? And it's pretty good. Very 80s and dated. And the look of it is that as well. But the end of the movie is, you know, it's undercover cops trying to bust up a counterfeiter, Willem Dafoe and all that. And spoiler alert, the movie is 40 years old, so I don't mind telling you that in the end, like the the deal gets sideways and Willem Dafoe gets shot in the head. Like he gets, he gets shot like, wait, what the hell just happened? Wait, no, wait, wait, who just, whoa, whoa, what, what's that? Willem Dafoe, wait, what, Bill Peterson's dead now? But he's the hero of the movie. And it's so shocking. I think that's the entire series set us all up for like, well, somebody's going to win, right? Like, yeah, there's nobody to root for. You have no, there are zero likable people in this series with the exception of uh, Cromwell, if you if you liked him in his speech at the uh, at the funeral. Spaghetti, we're not supposed to be a TV review show. We're supposed to be a music show. Let's get to your goat and goats and then we'll do our uh, our music talk here to wrap it up. Uh, all right. Let's, we're an hour five in, so maybe Uh-oh. we have to cut it short or punt it. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, okay. I, I um let's let's, uh, let's billboard it for next week. Okay, okay, that's a good yeah, deal. Go ahead, just, give us your goat and goat sense, spaghetti. So and, not and yeah, poop I, in the Pacific. You know, I agree not, it's, on it's, that. It's not that I did watch Succession while in Hawaii. Only thing I watched uh, that was not live um, because it it I I liked it. I I thought you know the ending either it was going to go to Kendall or to Tom, but I I think the path that Shiv took to get there was kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But uh, I guess I was rooting for Kendall, which I guess you guys were not rooting for anyway. Um, my goat and goats, I guess I'll start off with the hockey one. Uh, my good go, Jack Eichel gets it. Um, w- like for a number of reasons here, but obviously this guy would have went number one in any other draft if he was not in the same draft as Connor McDavid. I actually think he probably would have had went ahead of Connor Bedard this year if he was in the same draft as him. Hmm. And I, you know, he's stuck in Buffalo and then he has this neck injury. And this is something that would have been way more uh, of a national story if people actually cared about hockey or cared about, you know, the Buffalo Sabres. But he had uh, uh, an injury that usually what they would do is do the neck fusion surgery, which I guess most famously recently, like a Peyton Manning had. And it's like at least a half a year recovery. And they just fuse stuff together and you're you're stiff for a while and then you could slowly come back. But you're probably not going to be the same player. He did not want that. Obviously, he's a young guy. Him and his agent fought the Sabres, which is obviously why he left Buffalo for Vegas. He got this new um, this new surgery called ADR, artificial disc replacement. He's the first NHL player to have that done and it worked so well and it cut the recovery time in half um, that other players like Tyler Johnson for example got it Tyler Johnson was suffering from like tingling in his fingers and stuff had this thing put in and he was walking the same day as the surgery skating a week later uh, and getting you know collided with into the boards three months later so it's incredible that, that Jack pushed for this and people kind of pushed him as a villain, but this was somebody that was looking for the, the, the future of his career. And now he's in a position to uh, win the Stanley cup and get one before Connor McDavid that went in his draft with him. And to me, obviously I'm biased. He's a BU guy. I'm a BU guy. I love watching him play there, but I, I love this story. It's one of the many great storylines of this NHL cup playoffs. And we always think about Tommy John surgery 
uh, obviously repairing the UCL in your arm if you're a pitcher. And now it's synonymous with Tommy John. And a lot of pitchers now get it and are still great after the surgery. I think this surgery now may be known as the Jack Eichel surgery, and it could prolong careers of people who have devastating back, spine, neck injuries. So he gets my good go, and I'm very happy for Jack, and I'm rooting for them this uh, this Cup Finals. And uh, quickly to my bad go to the week, and Sal brought this up before on extra points, but the bad quarterback groups uh, we have in the in the NFL right now. And I was in Hawaii reading uh, some stuff, and it's that time of year. Where, you know, we just did it on minus three, a big preview, previewing the conferences, previewing each team, and your win totals and and the like. Bill Barnwell, and not just him, but other people have done it, but I read his and it really grinded my gears, um, basically saying the Giants, they didn't address certain things and their big issue is the quarterback position and and the money that they're, they're spending on Daniel Jones. And to me, when you look around the NFL, when you look at entire divisions have guys who are not even... I would even say backup worthy or going to be in these starting positions. Well, that's not it's, nice to say about Mac Jones. Hence you're sitting right there. He's going through a hard time, but see like Mac Jones to me, he's even a little bit better than the other guys. Like if, if Sam Darnold has to play like you check, you brought up before, I think these rookies are going to struggle mightily. I think, I mean, if Anthony Richardson couldn't cut it out in the sec, why is he going to cut it in the AFC South? And it doesn't make any sense to me. And he's just in a number of guys. So I, I think the NFL quarterback groups lately have been broken into like your super high end elite guys. Then you have your guys who are, you could win with them. You're confident in them. Then you have guys who the future is bright. And then you have guys who are just awful. And I think right now there's a lot of awful in the league. And for the Giants to be lumped in, in a group that you need to figure out this quarterback position, it doesn't make any sense to me because, like I said, they're the, I mean, in the own division, you have Sam Howell, a fifth round pick playing. And uh, I, I think there are even some no, guys. Sam Howell didn't go to the fifth. Is that right? I'm pretty sure Sam Howell was a fifth round pick. He went pick. In the second, didn't he? Sam you might be right. I thought Sam Howell went second ultimately. Oh no, he he fell uh, quite a bit in the. Oh my uh, god, I didn't realize it got that great. Oh, yeah, you're right. Now you ring a bell. Now it rings a bell that he was dropping. But didn't, for the, uh, D, was, didn't DJ? I, I feel like didn't yeah, he fifth round pick one forty four. Huh? Lay a Jeez. lot of this to rest last year. I don't. I think DJ. I, I agree with you. The, he's his, in the second tier. I mean, I, I think he is. I think after his in, insane run he had in December, obviously near the top of the league in rushing yards, only Justin Fields and uh, um, uh, Jalen Hurts near him. And then you you go, and then even his contract, it, the way they kind of mapped it out, it's not, it doesn't kill him against the cap. And it's just the first season he's going in with the same coach, the same coordinator. They added pieces. And, and this is not me trying to defend Daniel Jones. What I'm trying to say is like, don't pick on this guy when there are teams that have like there are fan bases right now. They're going to go. How are we going to win games with this guy quarterback? And I, I just think that it was. Believe, a, me, a, a believe weird... me, I did it. So because <laughs> your I, roster, Hench, that's the one we were talking about. Is the Patriots? If you had a good, if not good, if you had, I don't even know what the Daniel Danny Jones. Dimes. What if you had? What if you had Danny Dimes? Would would what what would be the talk right now? Like think about that with the Patriots. If they had. Danny Dimes with the new pass catchers and that rugged defense. I think people would talk themselves into mighty over there in the AFC. I mean, Titans, Commanders, Buccaneers. You could throw in the Patriots if you want. If Tua gets hurt, check your brothers up. Dolphins, huge concern there. Raiders, Jimmy G's foot could be an issue. Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to throw Matthew Stafford out there. He was contemplating retirement. Again, talk about neck issues and concussion issues, and he's a bullet of injuries. He may not be the same player. Colts, I said, Jordan Love. And, like, I mean, the Texans rookie quarterback here. Like, 
Are you that confident in Jared Goff? You that if you look at his split stats from the home and the road, like he could really fall off a cliff. Russell Wilson, watch we have any belief in him. Like Deshaun Watson takes time off from football, not the same player. Uh, Fields looked a lot better than he, you know, the second half of last year. They let him throw the ball a little bit more. Obviously, he has the running game. I think he should be better, but still a major question mark. The Falcons and the Panthers. I mean, there's just so many guys here, and the and the Cardinals. Forget about it. With with Kyler Murray, who could be gone. There's so many. Like we're in you a gotta bad get spot you know what right you now. need you know people get excited if you get new Hopkins if you get that then people are gonna start gonna be like ooh maybe but, the division spaghetti is your so is your is your bad goat Bill Barnwell yes and oh, and yeah. and people yeah. who and Exciting. people who write oh, there's other people who write articles he, I like how like now we have a we have a we have an enemy. There's a, there's a, I could link a bunch of stuff that people still question the Jones thing. It's the, the contract rub people the wrong way. It's, and and a lot of the criticism was like, how did Lamar not get paid? Yet? And then Lamar did. And he got paid a lot more than Daniel Jones will. And Justin Herbert and Burrow will get these contracts next year. And all of a sudden, Jones's contract is in the middle of the league. Like, it's just, it's bizarre. You did predict people, that. They, they Good for you on that. Um, I That that reminds me, just to say one more time, go listen to those last two Minus three episodes with Matt Verderam. He didn't have complimentary things to say about dimes, nor did he have anything nice to say about one Kenny Pickett, which I didn't appreciate. Hench, last thing before you go, before we all get. But did we get both the spaghettis? That's it. Eichel okay. and uh, naysayers Eichel. against the Giants. Eichel and Barnwell. Two great athletes. Le- I- I'm curious about this. How does it stack up for you now that the Boston 20-year run has ended? And we agree. Just before it started, you... Lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl. Then Raymond Bork won a cup for Colorado and you threw him a parade, which is still the greatest thing in Boston sports history and pathetic behavior. And then you get the tuck rule and it ignites. And then I, I Memorial Day night, that ends it. Now on the other side, which hurts the most? Put him one, two, three, win play show. Boston losing, the Celtics losing to the Heat. The Bruins losing to the Panthers. Or Tom Brady now being the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. He didn't even uh, buy your team. He bought the Raiders. It, 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 embarrassing. It, it's, the, Lemieux the, bought the Penguins because that makes sense. Okay. Number Tom Brady buying the Raiders bothers me not at all. Tom Brady playing for the Bucks bothers me not at all. Well, like, that's weird. Like, okay. Tom Brady owes me nothing. I mean, thank you. Thank you for two, two incredible decades. Thank you, Tom Brady. I know he's a weirdo, but he he made he brought me a lot of good times. Um, and then and then number two is 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 the Celtics. You know, obviously unfortunate circumstance. But as I said, going into these playoffs, like I I, w- I was much more excited about the Bruins, and 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 that championship would have meant more to me than than the Celtics. So the fact that they they flamed out on a deflection in in round one is is crushing i i haven't really recovered i i every once in a while i find myself watching some <laughs> hockey and i'm like why am i watching this stupid sport that's a shame all right well listen we'll leave it at that that yeah you know, i felt like for a second there you were gonna get choked up but my favorite moment of this episode is uh is when you lowered your voice to talk about Jalen brown getting the shot blocked by duncan robinson I don't know if you noticed this. I mean, I don't, I don't want to embarrass the guy too Humiliated. much. Humiliated. Duncan Robinson yeah. blocked his shot. Yeah. <laughs> you compared him to Dan Dratch. Like, it's like he wets his pants in second grade. You feel bad. <laughs> <for him. laughs> All right. Good times as always. Back to the picket lines for you. Back to sneaking into your fiance's uh, 
tweets Eddie Spaghetti. And to you, the sports fan, we'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend to bring it all down for you. Until then, thanks so much. Oh, billboarding, as you said. Next time, we are definitely going to do greatest years for music, for album releases, I guess is what we'll do, of our lifetime. We'll do that the next time we kibitz with Hence next Thursday. We'll talk to you before then on Monday. And uh, thanks for listening. Listening to everything on the Extra Points Network. ExtraPoints.com is how you track it down. And thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.